Okay. Uh, well, good morning. It is so good to be here with you all today. Um, it is it is good to be with my family, um, and it's yeah, it's just good to see you all. A lot of new faces, and um, I'm really happy about that. I'm really happy about that. Um, let's start with prayer. <sighs> Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that um, you're such a great God, and Lord, we just thank you for. Lord, I just ask that as we're er, heading into this morning, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just guide me. Uh, share with me what you would have me speak this morning. Uh, and I ask that our hearts would be open to hear your voice and that this would not just be uh, a word or a teaching that we can say, wow, that was a really great time, um, but that we can walk away from and that this can be something that... Um, that affects our lives and that you would begin to transform us and continue to do a work in us today. Um, we love you and we praise you. It's your precious son's name. Amen. 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 So it's weird hearing myself, you know. Um, so I'm really excited today and I was thinking about this this morning and I was thinking about what um, what an honor it is to, to when it's bringing the word of God and, and teaching the word of God and, and really just getting to share what that means and and how to encourage the body of Christ. And I was thinking about, um, I don't know, I was just, I feel very humble this morning. Um, and I think it's, and I want to encourage us today, just because i am been in school for four years does not mean that I have any secret knowledge. Um, we don't believe in that. Um, at least I hope you don't. Anyways, uh, <laughs> as the Hellenists do, uh, but I believe that, sorry, I'm going to make some jokes and they might go over your head. That's okay, just reach up, try to grab it, um, and I'll try to not be too confusing. But I was humbled this morning because I was reflecting on how no matter how, mu how much education we get, no matter what we've learned, no matter what life experience we've had, there's always room for learning and there's always room for growth. Um, last night I was having a really great conversation with a friend. Um, did anyone see the movie Black Panther? No. Okay. So for those of you who saw it, it was a really great movie um, and it's, it brought up a lot of really interesting points talking about um, race. It talked about out oppression and social justice, and it brought up some really, really great points. It's just like, wow, Marvel, great job. Like, wait, I love a movie where it makes me think, and it actually isn't just like kind of po eating popcorn, but it actually makes you walk away and have a conversation. But I was talking with a friend of mine, and I was talking about how she how she experienced that movie, and I, I had said something, and um, and you know, it's it's like, oh, I've been to school, I've been learning a lot about different things, and one of the things I've been talking about a lot at school is um, racial reconciliation, and what does that mean, and how do we, how do we, because the kingdom of God is every tongue, tribe, and nation, and so what does it mean as the body of Christ to represent every tongue, tribe, and nation? How do we as Christians um, interact with these ideas of diversity and social justice, and I mean, if you're in the media, you, and if you've seen any kind of news, you've seen this. This has been a huge topic. And just because of the political situation that we're in, this has been, it's been on the forefront. And that doesn't mean it hasn't been a problem before, but it means that it's an issue now. And, and I was just saying, sharing things. And, 
And I was like, oh yeah, like I, I'm, I'm assuming things about how she experienced this. And she was like, well, actually, no, that's not how I experienced this movie. This is actually what that was saying. And she was kind of sharing with me how her life and her experience is so different from what I thought it was. And I was like, wow, like here I am, I'm at the end of my four years. I've studied theology, I've studied you know, uh, everything from eschatology, the study of the end times, to pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. I've gone through philosophy courses. I've taught, I've learned um, literature. I've learned earned ancient Greek writings. I've gotten to learn some Hebrew. I've learned how to exegete scripture into the current context. So taking the original context and bringing that to the current context and how we can teach that well. I've learned and I've learned and I've learned and I've learned. I've learned about what does it mean to be the kingdom of God? I've taught, we've had, I've had discussions, numerous discussions about how we as the kingdom of God and all of our, our uniquenesses and all of our experiences, how do we learn to love each other well and to bring each other together? How do we learn to work against the uh, trends that we see in the world? And at the end of it all, I realize how little I know. <laughs> at the end of four years um, and $80,000 of education, um, I realize, wow, I know nothing. Um, <laughs> so it's really encouraging. And... I'm, so I'm coming to you today, and I'm not coming because I have anything special to give you, but because God gave me a word, and I feel like this is important, and this is important for my life. This, is come birth, this, is, this word has been birthed out of my time at LPC, and so I want to share with you some of my reflections of my time here, um, and, and, I, wanna, and I, I hope that it would encourage you and that it would um, cause you to, to walk away with with some thoughts and that it wouldn't just be something that we forget in the first 30 minutes afterwards, um, which, you know, is fine, but I really hope that God, I really am praying that Holy Spirit would just begin to move inside of us this morning. Um, so I want to talk about my experience. Uh, like I said, four years of college is a long time. There's a lot of things I've talked about. There's a lot of, or talked about, learned and talked about and had discussions and a lot of different things. But one thing I think is really important um, was keeping things simple and learning how to not get caught up in the things that is so, so easy to get caught up in. It's so easy to get caught up in even though learning is good, and I encourage it, and if you feel like God's called you to, to some form of education and, and learning or teaching even, then I, I encourage that. And I'm not saying don't be educated, but I'm saying that sometimes things like that can get caught up or we can get caught up in what we think is right and what we know. And, and I think it's just so important that we are, we're open to what God is speaking to us in the moment. And that we're, we are always remembering that as, the, as we are learning, that we are learners of the gospel. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter how much education we are. But no matter what period of life we are in, we are always learners. We are hearers of the gospel. And that uh, we are always trying to understand how to love God better and how to love each other better. And there's always been those, those dynamics. So this has been my reflections on being in school for this long and and I think it's really interesting because I went to Costa Rica um, this past May and you as the body and my family sent me and I'm really grateful for that. 
And so I wanted to actually throw oh, some pictures on the screen. Um, so we're just, I'm not going to go through all the pictures, uh, but we'll just kind of, thank you. So we'll just kind of click through them. So this is us at the airport actually landing in Costa Rica. Um, you could just go ahead and keep scrolling through and I'll tell you when to stop. Um, so this is one of the places we're in. This is Turialba. Um, this is where we spend most of our time ministering. We were with uh, this gentleman. Keep scrolling. Keep going through. Uh, this man named Josiah Hubbard. Um, and this is kind of the area. A lot of these are scenery pictures. Uh, unfortunately, I did not have the camera. And so <laughs> the guy who did was doing a lot of scenic pictures for slideshows and videos. You can keep going. Yeah. Yeah, just keep going. So these are just some pictures of some scenery there. And I'm looking for a specific picture. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, stop. Okay, you're good. Keep going. So one of the things that we did while we were there, you can just keep scrolling through and then I'll let you know when to stop. Um, okay, stop. Right there. Okay. So one of the things we were doing while we were there is we were ministering at this place called La Montaña. I'm sorry. La Montaña de Sueños. I'm tongue-tied. Um, La Mon... What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I didn't know if you were correcting me. Uh, but La, La Montaña de Sueños is the mountain of dreams in Spanish. And what this is, is this guy has a ministry. He, he well, him and his wife, uh, Josiah and Cynthia Hubbard. And their ministry is, basically, he was praying Lord, we want to do a work here in Costa Rica. We want to do a work with the Ticos. That's the name of the Costa Ricans. It's what they refer to themselves as. And they also want to work with the Quebecar, which is an indigenous people of Costa Rica. But they are, a, they, are an, a, they are considered an unreached people group because basically if you were to try to get to them, you have to start from San Jose, which is the city. Then you drive five hours into the mountains. And that's where the missions base is. And then you have to drive another two and a half hours deeper into the jungle in the mountains where there are no roads. There is nothing, there's like, well, there's roads, but like, you know, there's no pavement of any sort out there. And then you must get out of the car and you must hike into the mountains. And then you can find a hut, um, not a hut, but a home. It's like a, it's, it's kind of in the form of a long house. And go to the picture before this one. I should have brought the laser pointer. Okay. So does everyone see the dot, the white dot right there? Okay, that's a house. You see the dot over here? Okay, that's also a house. So that's like, yeah, so there's, yeah, so those two dots, those are houses, and they're like 10 miles apart. And so like, this is the people group where you, you hike into the mountains, and you go to one house, and it's really cool the way the houses are set up. It's a lot, like I said, it's a long house. There's the there's the receiving section in the front where you can come in, people who are walking through the mountains, because, you know, there's not, like a, there's not like a little store that, where you can get all your stuff in the supermarket. Like, you know, if you want to go into the city, you have, they have to hike for five, like, it is five days from one end of the reservation to the other. So if you're on the far end, you have to walk five days. Then you, ta then you would walk down to get out of the reservation. Then you would walk another day and a half to get to the bus station, and then you would take the bus to the town. And so these are the, this is the, what the life of the Quebecar tribe is. And they're a very communal tribe, <laughs> interestingly enough, but, you know, because they're a few days of walk from each other. It's like, all right, we're going to go see some friends, and I'm not going to try and pronounce their names because 
it's a different language that I cannot speak. Um, <laughs> and I'd rather not butcher their names. But, um, but it's really wonderful. And so this is the ministry. So this is an, considered an unreached people group because nobody gets out there to see them. Also, this is a very um, private group. So like I was describing the houses, there's the front, there's the back end of the house where people live, and then there's the front end of the house where guests can come and stay. Now, if they like you, they'll come out, they'll, and they kind of like sit on the opposite wall. This is really a fun experience because um, we got to go with Josiah to meet a couple, and these were actual believers, so they were much more like friendly and welcoming than like people who do not have the love of Christ inside of them, and you know, there's just... What I love about the gospel is, uh, a professor said this to me once, they said, the gospel is the only, is the, uh, sorry, kingdom culture is the only culture that both in is inclusive as every culture, but also turns every culture on its head. And so, oh, so it, it takes, the, it's, there are parts where American culture can sometimes get what the kingdom of God is like, and other times gets it really wrong. <laughs> Um, and then there are times where the Quebec art culture gets it right, and other times where it doesn't get it right, you know? So it's, so it's really cool how, seeing how we saw different people, Quebec art, who you see just this difference, and you see it in their eyes, just how the love of Christ just is it's just there. It's like this fire within and this joy, and it's, it's, it's incredible to see that just how much the work of God transforms hearts and how encouraging it is to see, you know, we're, we're walking in and the way they described it to us is you're, you'll go in the house and you'll sit in a chair. Eh, we'll just squat. So you sit in a chair and then you're over here and you're sitting in the chair and then they will walk in and then they will just sit there and they'll stare at you. <laughs> and you're not allowed to say anything. You sit there because if you say anything, it's rude and you wait and you wait and eventually they'll come up to you and they give a very soft handshake. Just very, very gentle. Don't, don't give a strong handshake. Just a very soft handshake. Then you can talk. And if, they, and if they really like you, they may give you some food. This is jiggling. They may give you some food or something like that. So it's really interesting. So, so to carry the gospel to these people is long, long, long term. Because you're going to, you have to spend, it's not just about, and this is going to be a theme through this message. It's not just about sharing the gospel and witnessing to people. It's about building relationship. People do not care how much you know. People do not care that you know the gospel until they know how much you care. Relate, and and th this is another one. Write this down. Trans er, direction always flows through relationship. Direction always flows through relationship. You cannot direct somebody to Christ unless you have relationship with them. It's not going to work. It's like going up to someone. This is my cousin, so I can do this. Go accept Jesus. You need to accept Jesus. Do you feel loved? No? no? Okay, cool. Thank you. Okay, so it's like you, you, can't, you can't shove it down people's throat. Nobody wants to hear it. This is why... I mean, this is, and this is partially why you, we, we see the statistics and we see how churches are closing and we see how more and more these next two generations, both millennials and Generation Z, how there is this shift away from the church. And it's because, 
And it's partially because the church in the United States needs to recognize, we as the body of Christ need to recognize that we need to shift our perspective. We've, we've, we've tried to communicate. We've been taught our lives that this is how you evangelize. This is how you witness. And, and it's, it's not. And it's, it's not how people are receiving the gospel anymore. This isn't a, this isn't a nation that follows close Christian values, you know, and it's not, it's, it's more of a nation that's more, a much more do-as-you-will kind of free-for-all, and so this isn't, this is how we communicate the gospel, is through relationship, and this is always how we've communicated the gospel, and, and we've fallen away from that, and now we have to kind of recorrect course, and so this is what Josiah and his wife Cynthia do, they go, and they will hike for days and days into the, the, these mountains, and they will, and they will just be friends, they just build friendships, and they spend time with them, and they work together. And out of this ministry, um, Josiah has, you can keep scrolling through the pictures. Uh, Josiah, out of this ministry, Josiah has been working to build a business that he's able to actually support. Uh, the, these are just more views of the Quebec Art Reservation. Uh, he's built a business called Montaña de Sueños <laughs> to that is designed to actually fund the mission of what he's trying to do there within the Quebec art. This is some of our team. Um, you can keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. Um, a little bit farther. I thought it was, I, I apologize. I did not organize these as well as I thought I did. This is a coffee uh, plant that we went to where they make coffee and stuff. They plant it and grow it. Um, almost there. Almost there. A little bit farther. Wait, perfect. Nope, that one. Awesome. Okay, so this is the best picture you're going to get. This is the picture from the Mountain of Dreams, La Montaña de Sueños. This is overlooking a the city that they are close to, Hicotea. Um, these names mean nothing to you, and that's fine. I'm going to say them anyways. But what, what they do in the Montaña de Sueños is it's a lumber mill. And the mill is a, it is a, what is called a business as mission. Is anyone familiar with this term? Business as mission. Okay, does anyone know a Christian business owner? Okay, does anyone know a Christian business owner who is using their business, whether it is overtly Christian, um, like PTL Plus, or it is just a, organization that is owned by believers and they're using that to spread the gospel. Does anyone know someone like that? Okay, so you know what a business's mission is. A business's mission <laughs> is someone who takes their business and they use it for the intention of spreading the gospel. So what he does is he's created a business in his neighborhood on this mountain that someone un basically came up to him one night and was like, hey, I'd like to buy a mountain for you. Um, and so basically he had all these guys who just showed up at his door and God moved on their hearts and they helped finance the mountain. And so he owns 576 acres of jungle property. So while they're doing this ministry of ministering to the Quebecars, you know, out of their home, all of a sudden along comes this ministry of Montaña de Sueños, which where they ha start a lumber mill that employs local people in their neighborhood, in their community, gives them fair wages, fair jobs, and it's, it's consistent work. Cause and they also, because they're a lumber mill, they are really, because they also believe in, as a Christian business, they want to be aware of creation. So they do responsible harvesting, which is harvesting 
um, the dead lumber and then the undergrowths in order so that new growth can come in. And so, and he's really, uh, he works hard to teach not just his workers, but also the community that they're in, the importance of that. And so he's actually wor partnered with the local school district and he's worked with them to uh, educate eight the uh, kids and given the school opportunities to use his mountain whenever they want. And so the school will come up there and do field trips and use it as nature studies for their students. And it's really awesome. And so this relationship is this, it is the, this relationship where he is pouring into the community and he's being present there, him and his wife, they are ministering, she teaches in the community, he works in the community, and they're ministering to where they are at, and this ministry that they do in their neighborhood is what funds the ministry for the Quebecar tribe. So what's interesting, though, is that the gospel is not just being preached in the Quebecar tribe because he is living his life out of the abundance of Christ. It is happening within the neighborhood that he is in. Okay? And so I went to this, and when I first graduated high school, I was going to college, I felt like God had called me to be a youth pastor. Well, I knew God called me to work with youth. And my vocabulary set translated that to youth pastor. Just logical. Oh, youth, youth pastor. Because that's what I knew. That's my mindset. That's the frame I had to work with. So in that, don't get lost. There is a point to this. So follow the story. Follow the themes. So in this, I was like, okay, God, youth pastor. Sounds great. Then I went to school. God started unlocking my, my mind to different things and different forms of ministry, and I've loved it. I have lo one of the, my favorite things at school is that I have gotten opportunities to interact with so many different people's hearts and callings for what God is moving them to do, and they're responding to it. And they're responding to ooh, the call of God on their lives. And I have heard so many different visions and ministries that people are, are starting and working with. And for this, this has this is been, was a turning point for me. And the reason this was a turning point for me is because it, came, it gave me this new concept, the ministry of place. The ministry of place. What do I mean by the ministry of place? I mean that, I, to reference back to my earlier point, direction always flows through relationship. Direction always flows through relationship. So as we give direction towards people for the gospel, or, or receiving the gospel, that flows out of relationship. When you're in, you're in relationship with the people that you are in the same place with them. This is really, this is just, I just want this to be very, very practical. When we're in a place with someone, you have your neighbors, you have your work partners, you have your family members. These are the people that are in your community. They're in your area. This is your mission field. I got to go to Costa Rica. This is amazing. This is wonderful. I believe I am called to the mission field, maybe not full-time, but part-time. Um, and Julie and I share that, and it's exciting. We're looking forward to what God has in store for us in that area. Um, but it's, uh, but it's, but uh, I don't have to be a missionary in order to re to be. I don't have to be live in another country to be a missionary. That's right. right. We are all called. At the end of, in Matthew twenty-eight, 
We know the Great Commission. If you want to turn in your Bibles there so you can see it. It's Matthew, Matthew 28. It's the Great Commission. You already know it. But I'm going to read it out loud because I just wanted to read it out loud because it's great. This is Jesus' final commandment. His final thing. Now the, it's uh, verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Hmm, interesting. Even in his followers, there were those who knew, who trusted that it was God. And yet, despite that, there were those who still doubted his calling and still doubted what he was calling them to do in that moment. It's interesting. Verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He's establishing who he is. This is context. He's establishing who he is. He's reminding them, This is who I am. I am sending you out with not my own authority, but the authority that God, would, God has given to me, the Father has given to me. All authority is given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So a, a moment of comfort that he is with them in their er, going out, that they do not have to be afraid because he has been given all authority and that Jesus is sending them out. This was, for, sent, this was said to the eleven. This was said to those who were following Jesus. And while some things are contextual, this is not. I firmly believe that this is still the calling for us today. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I promise I'll be with you through it all. Paraphrasing a little bit. It's a very simple thing. And yet, it's amazing how complicated we can make it. In our churches, so often, we can, we can, not just in churches, in Christianity in general, we just, we need to make it more complex. We just so often, and it's just not even Christianity, it's just humans. Just humans in general. We're just like, let's make it as complicated as possible because it seems too easy. It's too simple. I am, I, as I was preparing for this message today, I wanted to keep expanding. Like, I'm like, okay, like, we got to, like, dive in to the exegetical material, and we got to, like, pull out scripture and find the context. And God's like, no. Simple. Simple. Practical. Share the story. Share the scripture. Give what needs to be done. It's, it's, it's one, two, three. And, it, and sometimes that's what we need. Not Sometimes we do need to dive into scripture because in order to understand who God is, in order to understand how to love each other, we have to dive into this. We have to dive into the scripture. Otherwise, we can't understand that fully. But sometimes it's just simple. So the ministry of place. The ministry of place is simple. It is ministering to those. It is learning to love those who are around you learning to care for those who are around you, both spiritually and physically. And, and I really appreciate what my dad said earlier because I think it just flows in so perfectly. It is, it is living a spiritual mindset. It is, we, I know I've been stalking 
you guys as I have been preparing for this because uh, I've been listening all the sermons. And so I kind of know where you guys are at. I guess that wasn't that funny. I thought it was, but that's okay. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> reach up, grab a joke, grab the joke. Um, I've, been, I've been listening and I, I know you guys have been talking about the Holy Spirit. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted this to be a very practical this is how we listen to the Holy Spirit. It's very simple. Step one, you open your Bible. Step two, you read your Bible. Step three, you learn what the Bible is trying to say. Step four, you pray. God, what are you speaking to? What, what are you speaking to the audience? Because it's learning. The Bible was not written to English speakers who live in America, who are evangelicals, who have a Western mentality. It was written to a Middle Eastern mentality, to people who spru- uh, oak Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, and it came from a ancient Near Eastern culture that is like between two and 6,000 years old, roughly. So it was not written for you. Sorry, it was not written to you. But that does not mean it was written, not written for you because we believe that the word of God is living, breathing, and active, as Hebrews says. So when we read scripture, we read who the audience was to, what it was meant to say. Before we say, this applies to me, we say, what did it mean to them? And how does that apply to me? Does that make sense? This is called exegesis. We take the scripture, we learn where it's at, and then we say, okay, this is how it applies to me. So we do this when we go into the Word of God, we read the Word of God, and all I can find when I go into the Word of God, love, 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 love your neighbor, love God, love your neighbor. Here's how to not love God. Here's how you should love God. Here's how you should not love your neighbor, because that's not loving at all. For example, let's look, talking about ministry of place, I'm going to give you some examples, okay? Israel, Israel in the, in the book of Exodus, when, G, when, all, when God gave them commandments, so look at how many, com- look at how the commandments, the Ten Commandments, we'll just look at those. The first five, how you treat God. You know, don't have other God, don't worship other gods, don't have false idols, don't use the Lord's name in vain, honor the Sabbath, which is honoring God. Just fun fact, that's part of that. And the other five, how do you treat your neighbor? Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't be jealous of them. And it's funny because when you sum it up, like God sums it up in Exodus, you know, or not Exodus, I apologize. Well, actually, yes, it's in Exodus and also Deuteronomy. And it talks about the sum of it is love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is the summary of those first five books of the, the law, the Torah. It's the summary of it. And then Jesus quotes it. He's like, hey, this was the point of all these laws. It wasn't to make laws. It was that you weren't getting what I meant when I say, love God, love your neighbor. And so God had to explain, this is how you love your neighbor. This is how you take care of those around you. This is how you love me. So, so when we read scripture, we see that God was saying, hey, love the alien around you. The, per- the alien, the person who was not your countryman, the foreigner, the immigrant. Love that person. Where are their needs? Don't cheat them out of, of land. Don't cheat them out of their stuff because you yourselves were immigrants. This is, in, this is found in Leviticus. 
Don't cheat others. Don't take from others. Those who have less than you, those who you see have socioeconomic fewer things than you, don't think of yourselves as better than them, but say, how can I minister to them in a way that is not just as giving handouts, but in a way that is loving on them, that is taking care of my neighbor? We look in... We see this all throughout the Old Testament. We see in Isaiah, oh my goodness. If you want to, if you, if you, if you want to get wrecked, just read Isaiah. It's great. Just study it. It's, ugh, it's wonderful. Um, because it, it all, all, so much of what it talks about is, is this idea of caring for others and caring for your neighbor. And, uh, it was, it's just, it's just good. And it's, but one of the reasons that God exiled Israel was because they did not care for the widow and the orphan among them, that they a, oppressed the foreigners among them, that they a, cheated other people out of, you know, and it's, it's simple things. It's, it was things like they paid them less than minimum wage for a job they asked them to do. They promised them X, they promised them X and they gave them less. It's, it's simple things. It was, it's, it's saying, go and be blessed. But, you know, your needs are, you know, it's whatever. That makes me uncomfortable. I, I don't want to have to sit and, I don't want to have to step out of my comfort zone. I don't want to have to give this up of myself. I'm just going to let that, I'm just going to let you kind of take care of your own problems. You know, you have your problems, and I have my problems, and you just kind of stay over here. And, and so often, I find myself doing this. I find myself just like, I see, I see the, per my, you know, the person, I live next to a, a mobile home park. Um, it's a mobile home park. There's, there's a lot of things that happen. It's a, it's a low-income neighborhood. It's right next door to me. And I could say, oh, yeah, well, my school doesn't do anything either, and none of the students really do anything, but I didn't do anything. Spent four I spent three years in the same place, and I didn't reach out to my own neighbors. How often do we do this? How often is Jesus' commandments? You see in Matthew how he talks about the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about how we we care for other people talking about how we those who inherit the kingdom of God are the poor blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall inherit the kingdom of God blessed are the meek for they shall be called all children of God blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God it's 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 talking about people who who, who have nothing, those who are on, who, and maybe that's you this morning, maybe you feel like you're, you're, one of the, you're someone who you, you just, you've had the worst of luck, and you've, you've had, you've been mistreated poorly by others, and those are the people that God's heart breaks for, and these are the people that God calls us to minister towards. He says, love these people, love the people that are on the edges. Love that person, love the person who you dislike that just drives you crazy. 
Those are the people God has called us to love and to minister to. And this is, and this is tying this in together, this is what the call of the Holy Spirit is. This is what the Holy Spirit does. You've been talking about the Holy Spirit and, and who the Holy Spirit is, and, and this is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit comes along and is, and is speaking to you. And he speaks to us, and, and if you're willing to listen, and, and as Pastor Rob said, to be spiritually minded, and if you're listening into what the Holy Spirit is saying, you will hear him say, I'm calling you to do this. I'm calling you to walk across the street and talk to your neighbor that you've seen but you haven't spoken to yet. I'm calling you to have a deeper conversation with the bagger this week. I'm calling you to stop by the person that's begging in front of Stater Brothers and to give them a moment. Give them the time of day. I'm calling you to listen to other people's stories, even if you don't think you can handle it, even if you don't know what to do at the end of it, that you would listen, and that you would love them. And part of that's learning how to be in relationship with someone. Like, who's married in here? Who's in a serious relationship in here? Cool, so it's most of us. So, so I, I'm sorry, that was really unfair. I apologize. All of us have relationships that are very serious. Um, I apologize. All of us are in relationship with someone. When you're in relationship with someone, you learn how to work with them, right? And, uh, and it's, it's learning what are your needs? What are my needs? How do we make these work together? It's learning to say, I like it hot. I like the room hot. When I go to sleep at night, I like the room cold when I go to sleep at night. How do we make this work, you know? It's learning to, it's learning to be, yeah, exactly, put the extra blanket on. Um, it's, 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 it's learning how, how you work with, how you work with your fam family relationships. It's the same thing that we need to take beyond the household. It's saying, okay, how do we work together? How do we meet your needs? How do we meet my needs? How do we work this together? How do I serve you well? And that flows out of relationship. So you can't learn how to love someone well until you actually engage with them first. And then you have to be willing to listen to that person. And then you can begin to have this conversation. How do I love you well? How do I love you well? And then this is how we fulfill the gospel. It's, it's, so it's like, it's, so coming back around, Josiah Hubbard, missionary, Josiah and Cynthia, they minister to their neighbors by using what they have and what God has blessed them with and giving it back to their community. Josiah has land, so he's been parceling out land and to people who can't afford housing. And he's saying, all right, you can work for the land off so you have a place to stay for your family. He's working with the community to give them um, ability to buy housing and buy lumber for housing at affordable rates. This isn't even the community that God originally called him to. But because these are his neighbors, these are the people that he's witnessing to, because as the body of Christ, our lives should be different from everyone else's. 
if we look like everyone else, it does, then it doesn't matter. And the Holy, we need to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit saying, okay, God, I am clearly not living it out because I was just told that I, people didn't know I was a Christian. And that should be evident in how we love. That should be evident in how we serve. And so this is what we do. So we come together Sunday mornings. We come together in your small groups. And I, really, and I want to encourage that because that's where discipleship happens. Because we're all just called to disciple others. And discipleship simply means leading people one step closer to Jesus. This is discipleship. So when you are having a conversation and you are being intentional about, I'm going to actually take the time to stop every time I see this person in my life. I'm going to take the time. I'm going to stop with them. I'm going to talk with them. And I'm going to get to know them. And I'm going to actually not just like talk and then move on, but I'm actually going to try and build relationship in this one interaction. Even if it's one interaction every week you have. You're building off of relationship. This with the intention that you are going to, that you will share the gospel with them. And if, even if that doesn't mean, and even, and that doesn't have to mean that you sit down with them and say, let me tell you about the love of the Lord today. But maybe that means that you would begin to invite them to your home. And that as your life is reflecting the love of Christ, and as you are being transformed more and more to look like Christ, they cannot help but notice and say, wow, you're different. You're, you're like, what? What is this? And this is where you engage in relationship. And maybe that's not what God's asking you to do. Maybe God is asking you to be upfront with the gospel. And then that's what they need to hear. But you won't know until you begin to listen to the Holy Spirit. And it's simple. Ready? Here's how you listen to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now? What are you speaking to me right now? I want us, I'm going to have us do an exercise as we're coming to the end here. I want you to gather in just your neighbor, a couple people around you, and I, we're, we're going to take 30 seconds, like 30 seconds a minute. We're just going to ask Holy Spirit to come. We're going to ask him to give us a, a name or a face or a picture of someone in our life who we feel we are called to disciple to, we are, who we are called to love as our neighbor and care for. So, so we're just going to take a minute, just sit with that. Ask God. So let me pray. Holy Spirit, we come before you right now. Show us this person that you would have us disciple, that you would have us learn to love and build relationship with. Turn to, turn to a couple people around you and, um, and share who you saw. Share with the, the person around you who you saw. You can turn into groups if you'd like. I'll give you like five minutes. Hey, cool. Awesome. So we'll bring it back in for a minute. So, so we all, oops, were we all able to share kind of who, who we felt called to? Yes, raise your hands. Were you able to share? Awesome, awesome. Who felt like they didn't see anyone? Okay, awesome. Cool. That's great. That is perfectly fine. So what I want to do, what I want to encourage is that as, um, as we're talking about this, and I, I really want to encourage just that uh, as you're in small groups, because this is where it happens. Discipleship, again, 
relationship is, direction flows through relationship. As we are meeting together, as you meet together in small groups, this is where your discipleship happens. Because as we are discipling others, we are being discipled ourselves. We're always moving one step closer to Jesus and it's together. And so, oh, I would encourage you just as you're meeting in your small groups this week, that you would, that you would really, and if you're not engaged in a small group, get into one and begin to build that relationship. Because this is where you're able to have a deeper conversation with this. This is more, I think this is a really great time for teaching. And I always like to kind of shake things up. So I figured it'd be good if we interacted with each other a little bit this morning. But I, this, is the, this is where, the small groups are where you really get to say, hey, I feel called to disciple, you know, Jim Joe Bob from Stater Brothers, you know. And, and <laughs> Jim Joe Bob, yeah, they have a long first name. And... And so, so this, is, this is the beginning of what it means to, to listen to the Holy Spirit. It's to, to take that moment. And I would encourage you that today, make a, make a commitment. And we're going to turn into our, our group to turn to the people you talk to again and, and share what you feel like the first steps that you can begin to do is. And if you don't have anyone, then share how you can begin to pray about that. So go ahead and turn for another minute. And what we're going to do is you're going to each pray for the person that you feel called to. So if someone told you their name, then you'll pray for that person. Does that make sense? It's like, if Andrew told me my person, then I'm going to pray for Andrew and the relationship he's looking to have. And Andrew's going to pray for my person and me to have a relationship with them. Does that make sense? Is anyone confused? (laughs) Okay. One person. Always. Okay. So take... To one minute to pray. Just make it, just pray for them, have them pray for you, and then we'll come back together. So go ahead. So as we come back together, just for a, just to wrap this up, just to kind of, let's, let's debrief what we've talked about today. So we've talked about, we first, we, we, we talked, I shared experiences about how God has been teaching me what it means to live in community and to give back and to give out to the community that I'm in. And this is, this is relationship. This is how I communicate the gospel. We talked about how Holy Spirit, because we received Holy Spirit in our lives when we first came to Christ, you already have the Holy Spirit in you. Holy Spirit speaks to you. And all that we need to do is just learn to listen. And maybe you didn't feel like you heard God this morning. And that's okay. That is, is something, but it is something to learn. It is something to train. It's like, when you're, it's like when you're working out or when you're training for a marathon or something like that. It, it's physical endurance. You're building that up. This is spiritual endurance. You're, you're learning how to speak to the Holy Spirit, even if it's waking up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, show me who you want me to talk to. And over time, as you do this more and more, do it throughout the day. As you do this more and more, Holy Spirit will begin to do this. And then as the body of Christ, what we do is we come together and we share who we, think, who we feel God's put on our hearts. And we encourage each other and we pray for one another to continue to disciple one another. And we say, man, I've been deci- trying to work with this person. They're not getting it. And we encourage them. And, you, and this is where the Spirit's gifts moves. Because then maybe you have a word of encouragement. And you're like, you know what? I was just listening to the Holy Spirit because I've been practicing that recently because Matthew Hastings told me to do that. And Holy Spirit told me that just continue to press on and we'll continue to pray for you in this process and you are not alone in this process. 
So it is, it is a practice. It is something we do together. It is something that we have to do when we are in the Word, that we are reading the Word of God so we know better how to love and how to love God and how to love others. And we do it in community. We do it by encouraging one another. Amen. Mm, amen. amen. Who, who feels ready? Who feels like they've, they've kind of something shooken up in them? Anyone? Anyone? You feel, do you feel shooken up? Do you feel, do you have someone in your mind this week who you feel, I'm going to start relationship with them this week? Or you're going to engage with them in this week? Awesome. Five of you. Great. <laughs> I will pray. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, we just want, I just want to encourage you. Do not, do not be in, intimidated. Do not be afraid. Because God is with you. God's with you. The worst thing that could happen is they would reject relationship with you. This is the worst thing that could happen. That is not that bad. It is, it is not that bad. It is not like the world will explode. So do not be afraid. Don't be afraid if you get it wrong. You're going to get it wrong. You will hear You will think you heard from God, and you will blow it. And that is okay. It is okay, though, because if you don't hear from God, he is gracious. And you say, oh, okay, that was wrong. Cool. Okay, go back to your community. Hey, guys, this is what happened this week. I sucked. How do I do this? And they say, okay, we love you anyways. We're going to work through this. We're going to encourage you. Maybe you should do it this way this time. Oh, my gosh, so cool. Okay, God, how do I do this, Lord? Okay, oh, yes, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your grace and your forgiveness in this. And that, ah, all right. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm excited for what God has shown me this morning. I am excited for what he's shown you this morning. And I'm just going to pray us out. So, Father God, right now, I just want to release everyone in this room. Lord, we have all been sent. But I just want to affirm the, the sent, the, the call to minister the gospel, to, to disciple others, to love your children. I want to affirm this calling in everyone's life. I speak against anything of the enemy. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Any fear that would come up, any lies that we have been told, I bind these in the name of Jesus. Lord, I, Holy Spirit, I ask for your fire to fall down in the name of Jesus, that there would be a boldness that people would, that we would go out today, and this would not be a 30-minute, I forgot it message, that this would be a, we, a message that we take this week, and we take, and we continue to take, and we allow it to transform our lives, that you would transform us to recognize the ministry of place, that direction flows through relationship, that we, e, our relationships are what lead others to you because our relationship flows out of you. So I pray in empowering on the body of Christ this morning, on my family. I ask that uh, they would be encouraged. I ask that they would be empowered in the name of Jesus and that we would go and, be, and live out the calling you've put on our lives. In your name, amen. Amen. amen.